0: Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hanson and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH.
1: Welcome to All Worth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hanson. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining yeah, us. I'm really glad you are with us as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host, we are both practicing financial advisors. We spend our weekdays helping people like yourself plan their financial futures, and we come here and broadcast on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And um, I think the fact that we are practicing
2: gives us a... It gives us a unique perspective on the markets. It's not theoretical. And speaking of theoretical or practical, um, the new strain, the omni Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, It's too early to know anything. It is absolutely – the markets are all over the place with this, Um, which is really surprising to me since – after the original COVID-19, the markets did so well in the subsequent 12-month period.
1: Oh, like everyone. I mean, I think there was a lot of hope that the vaccines were the answer. It's kind of clear at this point that the vaccines aren't stopping the virus.
2: Uh, they they may have stopped a virus, the virus, a strain of okay, a virus. Whatever.
1: I mean, but breakthrough infections are no longer that. Not- yeah they're, they're,
2: they're, yeah, they're fairly common. Uh, but the
1: markets seem to shrug off a lot of that. Yeah. And then suddenly there's a new strain, which is what viruses do. That's their job. <laughs> I don't know why the markets... You, you know... Uh, but it, I think it goes to show you... Uh, well, a couple things. One is uh, investors get spooked by by new information that's not good. It's the new information. I think our point is this probably shouldn't be any surprise that there's
2: another... Strain, strain of this. Or that it's not going to happen again next week, next month, next year, year after, year after.
1: Yeah, who knows those things?
2: Yeah, yeah. But the markets will do what the markets will do. And it's the long-term investor that stays with the investment over a long period of time is the one that actually benefits from that. through ups, The ups and downs is called a risk premium for a reason. I mean, it's just bizarre. If you look, if you look at the last few weeks – or even
1: throughout most of the year, some of the stocks that performed the best during the early days of the pandemic, Zoom, Peloton, right? They were all starting to lose their luster.
2: And then and then the ones <laughs> that had performed poorly, you know, the airlines, cruises, travel industry, restaurants were all starting to do well. And then a
1: reverse all of a sudden. <laughs> and, and, and who it- knows it's all going to shake out.
2: Yeah. Well, People will continue to be people. People will travel if they have the ability to travel. They have traveled since the beginning of town, even if it was one – from the beginning of time, even if it was one small town to the next, they would travel.
1: Yeah. Restaurants even been, by Even
2: if it's by foot. Correct. <laughs> that's they will what travel. They, that's what, well, a lot of the world still does, I suppose. <laughs> yes, right? yes,
1: yes. Anyway, so. we're not going to talk anymore about um, – we, we do want to take your calls, though. Because it gets frustrating and um, – and there are so many different opinions on it. There's people in my family I love dearly that have a variety of opinions, and so I <clears throat> oftentimes I just we just don't have a lot of discussion. And I had a uh, over the Thanksgiving week, I took the week off. We, if for our listeners, you know, we had a best of show on Thanksgiving weekend. I took the week off with my family and extended family. I had a I turned off my email from work, which I almost never do. I said, text me if there's an emergency. And I didn't give my phone number, so I figured you have to okay, know you have well. to know. <laughs> and then um, I did a news-free week. No news. Really? And no COVID discussion. So as so was with Extended Families, 15 of us together for the week. We're like, no COVID discussion, no talk of the news. Uh, it was fantastic. We were tired of each other
2: by the second day. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? We just looked
1: at We argued about, about religion.
2: <laughs> oh, we, we picked on each other. We talked about weight and hair loss. <laughs> We had plenty of stuff (laughs) We argued about religion. (laughs) We had three conversions while we were there. (laughs) Some laughed, some (laughs) joined. Anyway, it was
1: was great uh, refreshment, great being back in seat, though, I must say, and uh, great being here. doing our. I don't
2: know if I could actually go a week without watching the news or reading the paper.
1: I hadn't. My wife encouraged me. Because uh, she says that she's noticed that I've just been getting more frustrated. I have noticed that as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you're, you're wound a little tighter than you were a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, just the restrictions that continue to happen. And uh, anyway, yes, I am. Wound. To what
2: end? And I can't. I don't want to discuss it because I don't want. Yes. there's people with different opinions. That's right. And, I, and listen, the fact that we all have our own opinion is actually what makes it a great world. So let's yeah. go to the calls. If you'd like to join the show. It's 833 worth That's 833-999, yeah. or 999. And uh, by the way, if
1: you're a podcast listener, you can join this show as well. You simply call that same number, It works 24-7, uh, and you leave a, your question there, or and we can go set up time to call. It's 833-999-6784, or you can also just send us an, an email at questions at moneymatters.com and we can set up a time for you to join the program. So let's get started here with Pete. Pete, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
3: Yeah, uh, I'd like to make a couple comments before the questions. Okay. Uh, Number one, you need to make your show a two-hour show, not a one-hour show. <laughs> Thank you. I was
2: ready for a dig. <laughs> That's see we talked about. You're wound a little tighter. A couple
1: of years ago, you've been looking for a compliment. I've I've decided in life I take everything as a compliment. That things just right. goes better. Someone calls me a jerk?
3: Oh, it must be a nice thing.
2: All right. And what was the Anna second comment?
3: Andrew, uh, a top of the hat to your back-of-the-house staff, Dana, Paul, and Pietro. They are great. Oh well, thank they you. They are
2: exceptional. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Appreciate that. That uh, they are the got a big smile on. They're the, the, the people right now. that make sure that the air that the, the radio actually runs. As Scott and Pat walk in, highly prepared, ready to go at any moment for a new radio show. <laughs> so, what do you have a question for us, Pete?
3: I actually have two. What are the pros and cons of government i bonds and? When would it be appropriate for someone to purchase them?
1: Yeah, and <clears throat> the and uh, in, in I bonds basically inflation bonds. They're designed so that each year the face amount, the principal amount uh, the, of the bond, increases by whatever inflation is. So let's say you buy a ten-year inflation bond at and let's say it's paying a 1% coupon, which it's not today, but if it's paying a 1% coupon, each year you get your 1%, but then at the end of the year, if interest rates, I'm sorry, if inflation was 3%, the value of your bond automatically pops up. Uh, so it's uh, $10,300. it will pop up by inflation.
4: Uh,
3: they con- Can I do a disclaimer?
5: Go ahead. Uh,
3: my disclaimer is 11... 11- uh 20 years ago, I bought some, and now I'm rethinking, and, I, and I'm asking you. Yeah. So we we've had
1: off and on over the years an allocation towards in, inflation protected bonds, as a min, very as a minority though of our fixed income position. It, 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 the the challenges with, with that it, it used to be you were stating I'm going to make sure I keep my money uh, protected from inflation. Today it's a negative return. So the real return for an inflation-adjusted bond for the next decade is about minus 1%. So people are saying give me 99% of my of my real purchasing power back 10 years out. It's a it's a weird market right now. <laughs> it's a strange world on on many fronts. Uh, and this is this is one of them, I and mean, it's, it's really the same negative return that we're feeling in any other.
2: Yeah, even I'm, with I'm, other bonds, yeah, right? Because yeah, it
1: doesn't matter. We didn't even have inflation running four or five percent, and you've got a bond that's paying. I mean, the ten-year treasury is what one and a half, roughly. Uh, yeah. the regular bond. Uh, I'm, so I I think there's there can be a time uh, in a portfolio uh, for a, a maybe a smaller portion,
2: but and, you own them today, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, you're okay with them. How much of a percentage of your portfolio do you have in them?
3: Actually, maybe ten percent, and they adjust they adjust them twice a year. And I just looked it up, and I'm getting, and like I said, I loaned them from 2001 to uh, 2010, and the interest rates are...
1: to 9.1. Yeah, yeah, sort of. But, I mean, you could sell those bonds in the market for much more than what you paid for them. I mean, every year it gets closer to maturity, they're going to be worth less and less. So you're going to be receiving a 9% interest coupon but at the same time you're going to see a degradation in the value of that bond
2: but you're gonna but so in a mark-to-market situation but then the question was is if you sold them where would you reinvest well, that's it that's
1: exactly it. which
2: is why if you have 10 of your portfolio in these bonds today you're okay i wouldn't sell but them i, I, I wouldn't don't buy expect, more don't expect those bonds to return
1: anything essentially except other than inflation in the next decade of course
3: yeah but you're okay Yeah, from what I understand, they're government I bonds, and I go to the bank and turn them in. It's not
1: like I could sell them. These are savings bonds, not uh, inflation-protected securities.
2: Right. We talked about something completely different. (laughs) We misunderstood. Okay, these are— You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. They they act very similar to the ones that we actually just described, Um, but just hang on to savings bonds, and you're limited to—
1: There's like a— you can't buy that much of them. No, so it's kind of hard to have a real a large allocation. Yeah, but you're fine. You're fine, Peter. I wouldn't okay. sell. I would not sell those. I wouldn't. Matter of fact, a lot of these older savings bonds, you want to keep them as and long as, long as, long you, as can. you can. Oftentimes, they'll quit paying interest at uh, thirty, uh, 30 years. years,
2: even though there might be twenty-year maturity bonds. But so you don't want to hold them after they quit paying interest. But the the it's face not long the-
1: anyway. There might be some reason. Yeah. depending on who's going to inherit them or. You have a different tax year. You want to realize the taxable income from it. So anyway, you're good. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I would keep those uh, the
2: old savings bonds. Yeah, we were talking. Well, thank you
6: for the, uh, the description <laughs> of
2: inflation. <laughs> they were There's the hot topic savings. when they came out. Oh, when they first came out, you run down to the bank. But I could. You remember? You buy ten thousand or twenty thousand, maybe
1: thirty thousand.
2: It or wasn't so, a lot. First, um, it wasn't a lot. Well, to a lot of Americans, it is a lot. Okay, that was. But that was twenty-some odd years ago. We're, that was a lot more money. I don't but you think can go in the
1: marketplace and buy tips, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, at any I'm which not, is what we gets. were describing. Yeah. I was describing how they work. <laughs> um, you can buy those directly from the Treasury today, or I mean, they're found in a lot of actively managed mutual funds, uh, or they'll be used periodically, I should state, in some of those mutual funds. And um, but I mean, it, part of it's we'll see. Yeah, it's I don't a- know if you saw this <laughs> this past week. You saw the Federal Chairman was. Uh, blaming inflation on the new variant i said i wasn't going to talk about it, but it, i'm like it didn't take him long No. <laughs> it's it's not, it's not not my fault
2: it's <laughs> that guy it doesn't <laughs> exist we don't even know what it is it's that the guy in the
7: it's,
1: transitory thing it's little, i guess the transitory uh, is going to be it's not
2: transitory no, i don't know it's not transitory what, what what is your definition of transitory i don't know i've never three heard years? that definition of four inflation? years until five years now. is that what transitory is? is it 3 months 6 months 8 months do you ever recall studying uh, transitory inflation? No, I don't, <laughs> never even I heard of it. never came up my economics class. Although quantitative easing never okay, came up I, either. <laughs> <okay, so, laughs>
1: Nor modern, modern money theory. Or what do they call it? Monet-
2: monetary theory.
1: Modern monetary theory. There you go. That's a bizarre one, too. Well, anyway. All right, let's continue on with some calls here. Let's talk uh, here in South Carolina with Mark. Mark, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
7: Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Great. Uh, Long-time listener, uh, third-time caller. Appreciate oh you taking my call. Thank you for calling. Um, these are two questions that I have that are kind of an opinion question, but um, I don't have an advisor. I do all of my own um, investing and manage my whole portfolio myself. So I wanted to get your take if you think I'm on the right track. All right. So I'm going to run this down for you. So 48 years old, uh, I'm divorced dad of two teenage girls. Um, I own three properties right now, two rental properties, my primary residence. Um, if you add up all the properties I owe about 700,000, they're worth about all three of them are worth about a million. Um, and then I have a 401k. One million
1: in total. So each is worth about three and a third. No, no, no.
7: I'm sorry. So I owe 700 on all three of them. And if you add all three of them up, they're worth about a million.
5: Got it.
2: Yep. Okay.
7: Um, 401k, about 720,000 IRA, about 150,000 brokerage account, uh, about 70,000, which is in, uh, about 30 different stocks, probably 10 different ETFs. Um, and then I have about 25,000 in cash. Okay. So, and then I have a 529 for my girls, which I contribute not a lot to, but, um, I was just trying to, is there something I should be doing different at 48 years old? How much do you make? Uh, about a hundred, a little over a hundred thousand a year. And
1: those rentals, how long have you owned the rentals?
7: So I've owned one for two years. I've owned one. One was a primary residence I converted to a rental, and I'm actually in an agreement with that tenant for an option to buy. So we've can already. Can we can we can we, so,
1: can we talk about that for Just a moment. So sure. that the the one that you're converting, do you have much of a capital gain built up in that?
7: Uh, yeah. Okay, so About yeah, how much gain? Probably right now the hundred thousand. So if you convert this to
1: a rental and leave it as a rental for more than three years, it, you can no longer sell it and take an exemption as a, your primary residence. And
2: when did you convert it to a rental?
4: So
7: yeah, so I, I do know that um, I converted it over a little over a year ago. Okay, and the option to purchase that, the option to purchase ends in October of twenty three.
2: So it will be three years. So okay. I have
7: to write off. Do I have to write off the no. total amount? No. A cliff. Or
2: just a certain percentage. The cliff. Cliff. The cliff means all or nothing. So I, you either hit the number, or, or you didn't.
7: Which I'm okay with. I mean, I, I get that because I have, you know, I, I agreed but on the price. There's, there's no. Real you're cutting
1: it a little close, though. What happens if he chooses not to buy in two years from now?
7: Then I keep her option fee, and then I'll. I'll sell the house, or just keep
2: renting it out, yeah, or move back in, or move back in. Okay, you understand the rules.
1: Yeah, I if do. it yeah. were me, if it were me, I would sell the house, and if I wanted that rental, I'd buy
7: another one. But he already took the option fee, so he opened the option. Yeah, okay. I can't I sell remember. the house right now. I'm in, under an agreement right now. Yeah. Okay, I, I, it's part of me. Is like it was a great idea because I'm not paying any real estate fees. The house is being sold as is. I don't have to do any repairs. Uh huh. We agreed on a price. Two years from now, it could be good or it could be bad. Got it. I mean, got, it got it. Got it.
2: So yeah, the correct. question is, what percentage of your pay are you actually saving on a, on a, an annual basis, as a percentage of pay? Uh, I would say roughly twenty percent. And are you going to receive a pension uh, no. when you retire? All right. And so your question is, are you on the right track? The answer is absolutely. Well, on the right
1: track. What you, What at what age do you want to retire?
7: Uh,
2: 665.
1: Yeah, you're on track. Yeah,
2: I was going to. I actually figured 860 and you'd be on the right track to retire at 860. So if
7: I was your brother, you'd tell me I'm on the right track.
2: Yeah, if I would. If you were my brother, what I'd tell you is try to marry money. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but with the absence of that. And have your I brothers been successful at that? At uh, <laughs> oh, one kind of. Um. No? (laughs) I'm trying to think. (laughs) I come from a big family. Um, So one of the things that I would do is that I would try to get rid of the debt on the primary residence before I retired. Gotcha. So what's your cost of money across the board on these? I'm sorry? What's your cost of money across the board, Like
7: Oh, uh, 3%, 3 3.1%, and then one rental property is a little high right now around 3.9%. What's the value of your
2: primary residence?
7: Uh, value is about three seventy-five. And what do you owe on that?
2: About three twenty-five. All right. So one of the things that I would look at doing is to see if I could refinance uh, some of that. I mean, debt. you seem
7: to have
1: – I'll be real transparent. Well, you, you seem to
2: have uh, quite a bit of debt relative to
1: equity on this real estate at this point in the in the market cycle. Not to say I, I mean I don't know when the real estate but, but, prices are going to come down again, but,
2: but we, when when did you get divorced? Oh, uh, twelve years ago. Okay, so quite some time ago. Um,
7: I, I am concerned about the debt on the properties. It does. You'll be all net, right. You know, my net, my my, my uh, net worth is about one point two. So that makes me feel pretty. Yeah, good. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, If you, you didn't
1: have that and you didn't have the cash, you'll be all right. If, <laughs> if you take away your four hundred one k and your cash, and uh, uh, then I'd be yeah. concerned about your the debt you've got relative to the equity on those properties. Yeah. But, so, so, so if it,
2: if you were my brother, I would say you're absolutely on track to, to you, retire between age doing, 60 and 65. Are you doing any, many transactions in the brokerage account with those stocks? No,
7: well, I buy and hold. Okay. I don't sell. Because you mean, said you I had have 30
2: individual stocks in there and some ETFs, which yeah. means you've got a lot of small holdings.
7: I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. A thousand here, you know. Well, sometimes
1: sometimes I see people doing tra- transactions in their brokerage account, and they've got an IRA. They're doing like no transactions. I'm thinking if you want to be trying to actively manage things, you may be better off doing it in a tax-deferred account versus triggering.
7: You mean moving moving funds around within the IRA? Uh, yeah, well,
1: because then you can
7: do well, it. I, you- I,
1: I'm not saying that it's actually going to be more profitable for
2: you because studies have shown that most, that most professionals can't outperform the, the market. But what, but what we do mean is this. Look, the IRA lives in a shell where you could buy and sell and buy and sell and buy and sell and buy and sell all day long, and you'll never recognize any gain. Nor do you have to report anything. And it just makes it easier. So if you're going to trade anywhere, you trade inside the IRA. But
1: if you're going to hold assets, then you're better off having it in the brokerage account. So
2: if you were my brother, I'd say, look, Mark, which you, you're better off that $70,000 in your brokerage account. Make that an IRA and then put $70,000 of the S&P 500 of the total market in the brokerage account and just hold that forever because of how capital gains are treated right now. And so in the IRA, about, you would do all your trading.
7: I do have a question about IRAs where I don't understand. So you're allowed up to $6,000 in contributions to an IRA every year. How can I put $70,000 from my brokerage into an IRA?
2: Oh, we're not talking about that. You're not actually doing that. You're just selling your brokerage out, buying the S&P 500 at the total market, and you're replicating those positions inside the IRA. Well,
1: unless there's a bunch of...
2: Well, unless you've got uh, okay. some embedded gains in there, but even then, I'd make the argument uh, at age Scott uh, at age forty eight over the long term, he'd be better off recognizing the embedded gains and replicating the portfolio in the IRA. I might disagree. I I I, I seriously doubt that he's got that much gains in the brokerage account. But
1: he might have if, for as far as some tax planning down the road, he might choose to take some tax losses on a couple. He might. What uh, transfer some of the highly appreciated to
2: his daughters for school okay. or maybe charity okay. down the road? I'm going to go with you, but he started by saying that he manages this money himself and doesn't have an advisor. Uh, is this the correct forum, a radio show, to actually dig through his portfolio piece by piece and, and give him the kind of personal advice you'd get from a f- financial That's advisor? Very good is this? Is, is I ask you that question, Mr. Hanson? Is this the forum? It, well, it appears to be so, doesn't it? <laughs> if I could take the whole show, let's do it. <laughs> so, so the answer, theoretically, you'd be better off liquidating. The it, theoretically, if you do, if you trade. Trade in the IRA.
1: Trade in the IRA. And I will 100% would agree with you, Pat, if you do any trading. And the concept of buying and holding every stock doesn't make sense to me either. Buying and holding the large, uh, the broad market, say an index fund, by its very yeah. nature, if a company falls out of favor, it does not do well, it gets liquidated, new companies, you
2: have larger positions in it. When you... When you, you mean, buy hold, uh, and you, you might still it. own Enron. Uh, you might have, uh, you might have uh, Montgomery Ward's in there, Greyhound Bus, World War. So,
7: would you suggest selling? All, like this year you can take up to what three thousand dollars in losses.
2: Yeah, but they, but yeah. losses are uh, the offset gains too as well. Yeah. So, so if
7: I have fifteen thousand in gains because I sold some stocks to buy a house. So if I have 15000 in gains and I sell $3,000 in losses, yes. that nets me down to twelve.
1: That's correct. That's right. And, and that's the kind of that. tax planning. Uh, you can do more than 3000 yeah, so you, you can all do all of it. it. You can do all of it 3000
7: Oh, so if I sell $15,000 in losses, that'll offset my $15,000 in gains? That's exactly that's right.
2: right. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
7: Good. One more quick question for all you. Right. You guys <laughs> talk about this for people that...
2: We are, are going through it
7: all. <laughs> I know. You guys talk about this with people that are in retirement. And I'm dealing with this at 48 years old. I'm scared to spend money. Uh huh. How do you How do you get over that? Like, How do you know uh, when are okay to... You,
2: uh, you're not that scared. You got two teenage girls at home. You don't have any problems. <laughs> They'll figure it out. We, I mean, all, we all got to be a little scared. Yeah. No, you're okay. Unless you're Elon Musk. I you're mean, saving 20% of your income. You're fine. You're fine. You're not there yet. That's you're not there yet. And by as the way, as
1: long as you're not going into debt, it looks like yeah.
2: where you're at now, what you're
1: saving, I think we You'll both be pretty fine. confident you're on track. Spend the rest, and just don't go into debt, and you don't have anything to worry about. It,
2: that's right. So
1: appreciate the call. Thanks for being a sure listener. Goodbye.
2: Thanks, guys. All How right, you Mark.
1: Yeah, glad. To, and like we were talking about some of the tax lost harvesting, which the hook the name sounds awfully strange, but it's really looking at if we if we've incurred some gains somewhere or. We choose to do some rebalance and incur some gains. Are there some losses that we can take in a portfolio to offset those gains? Even things that we don't want to necessarily
2: get rid of, we might choose to sell it and buy something quite similar. A placeholder and hold it for 31 days and then replicate, switch back or continue to hold the placeholder depending upon what the tax situation looked at. Or even if you sell an S&P 500 fund and buy a total market fund. You can do that. And then you can wait 31 days, and then you can trade back, or you can hold the total market forever. And it's really between now and
1: um, end, of the end of the year that we have that opportunity. Yes. But like most people, if, you've got to, if you have a sizable brokerage account, this is the kind of thing that you really should be looking at doing. And if you're not, um, you should be working with an advisor. That um, And there's some great software tools. I mean, the tools that we use today, the technology that we've got in place today versus what we had years ago, it's, uh, it's night and day. Uh, to be able to really kind of not shouldn't say perfect this, um, but it certainly maximize. It. yeah, 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 and you need to look at your tax situation not just this year and next year, but what it could be over the next several years. So we're taking a quick break when we come back, we'll continue with calls. again, the number to be part of allworth's money matters, eight three, three, ninety nine worth.
0: get enough of Allworth's Money Matters, visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast.
1: Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, and Pat McClain. Thanks for joining I don't us. do our podcast listeners just yes, here. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. I think so. Yes, I get a nod. Yes. We could be reading um, Zip
2: Recruiter. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's the same ad you hear on all the podcasts. Oh, yes. <laughs> Zippper is a big one. a lot from other podcasts. let's ads from other podcasts. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately ninety nine percent invisibles. My... Which of
1: the last three podcasts have you listened to?
2: uh I listened to uh two ninety nine percent invisible what's ninety nine percent invisible. and then um how I built that ninety nine percent invisible uh yesterday was yeah uh, what is that what does that mean? It just talks about the kind like of you're part public. of the one percent and the rest are like oh, the little people. Exactly 99, 1% invisible. That's exactly what it means, Scott. <laughs> Only the one percent can listen to it. In fact, there's there's a questionnaire before you can actually even download it. <laughs> you you have to qualify. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna tell you about it. You probably won't be able to listen. It's it's on this this one was on um how Vietnam the on January sixth. At the Capitol, there was South Vietnamese flags that were actually showed in the crowd and how offensive it was to certain Vietnamese families that were from South Korea and what that represented to the people waving those flags as they were coming into the Capitol. Oh, that does sound interesting because it, it's something you're not going to get on any common main news Yeah. And then why? And then they took it into the Vietnamese, and when uh, North and it's South. It's not some
1: like and, ultra right wing
2: conspiracy. No, no, thing. no. It's it's uh, it's it's almost public radio. It's almost public radio. But it's the ninety nine percent invisible. Okay. The things that are in front of you every day that you can barely see. And it's not just for the one percenters. Okay,
1: well, good. Okay. <laughs> I think the,
2: our <laughs> listeners are listening because they want to listen to Money
1: Matters. Okay. All worth Money Matters. Well, you asked the question? I did ask the question because I listen to more podcasts now than...
2: Um, okay.
1: Than I, let's uh, let's actually yeah. go to the <clears throat>
2: calls. If you want to join the show, you would call 833-99-WORTH. That's 833 And we talk about money here. People call yeah. us with money questions and money concerns and we're 401ks, in, IRAs. We're
1: in Georgia
2: talking with Phil.
1: Fill you with Allworth's Money Matters.
5: Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Yeah.
2: What can we do for you? Um,
5: okay. So here's the deal. Uh, I'm 59. My wife is 57. Uh, we retired this year. Uh, We've got no debt and a paid-for house. Um, most of our savings, retirement savings, are in SEPs and Roths, um, but we are sitting on about $400,000 in cash from the sale of our business last year. And so that's the amount that's left. After and you all say the last settled. year, said, what
1: tax year was that,
5: 2020 or 2021? Uh, 2020, we sold the business and um, a bunch of it has settled out. All the taxes have been paid, um, took the money out of the corporation and uh, paid it off our mortgage. And so now we're just Great. sitting on cash in the bank.
2: And how much money is, so, in, how much money is in the SEPs and the Roths? Just... Uh, together, it's about 1.8. And how much of it is in the SEP side of it? Uh, 1.6 or so, maybe, okay. and then
5: a couple hundred thousand in the Roths. Okay, thank you. And so, so anyway, we're sitting on the cash right now, trying to figure out what to do with it. And um, it seems to me that our single largest expense for the next, you know, six, seven, eight years is going to be medical. And where so are you so getting your insurance is, now?
1: Uh,
5: so, we're buying it on the marketplace. We used to get it through our, our corporation, yep. but, you know, that's gone. Um, so now we're buying on the marketplace. We have, uh, my wife's got a chronic, um, illness that, that means we need the pre-existing coverage that the marketplace offers. And, um, we also, she has some very expensive medicine. So we're looking for medical plans that are a little costly because to us, it's important that we have, um, not only, you know, a decent deductible, but, um, the maximum out of pocket.
2: Okay. And Phil, I assume that, uh, she applied for social security disability?
5: Uh no, she's not disabled. Yeah. She, she just okay. has that, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So
5: um so anyway, the thought is is that, you know, I've heard you guys say that, you know, money not spent in retirement is like money earned. And so is it best to just live off the cash? Keep as low a modified adjusted gross income as possible, and then just take the, the maximum subsidy we can take for the next couple of years. How large um, is that?
1: Are You talking about the um, affordable care subsidy.
5: Yes. How yes. large is that? Exactly. Well, it's going to boil down to about twenty grand for us uh, next year.
2: You know, it's it's like. And 16. what and what AGI do you have to be under in order to get to the twenty grand?
5: So you got to be, you know, above uh Medicaid and sort of below um I think 400% of the poverty mm-hmm. level, but practically speaking if you run the calculations, it's right around uh 25 grand a year if you can, you know, recognize that that low amount um and then maybe up to about 28 or 30 above that, you, you know, the subsidy goes down and down and down until it goes away. So I, I awesome. really
2: think this is bright. So you want to take some, and, I'm sorry. And what's the know, look the, back? The,
5: the, the, the,
2: the Congress puts these, this labyrinth of, of rules out
1: there. And then he game. calls
2: some radio show with this idea. And we're like, this sounds great. What, what's the look back? How many years do they look back at your income? And is there any an asset do. qualifier at no. all? No. No.
5: So there's no means testing um it's it's they only look back in the the current year so i've you know i go through the application process you put down what you think you're going to make in 2022 yeah. they say okay Here's i love the concept you know, here's the amount
1: here's how i would look at doing it <clears throat> um use the cash for your for your expenses but i would convert 25 grand a year from your sep to your roth yeah or whatever that 25, 28 grand, I'd be some careful planning mm-hmm. there, but I would do it right to whatever that level is that you can maximize. Mm-hmm. Cause that's
2: 20 grand of free money. I know, but he might, he, Scott, but he, so I was thinking the same thing, but I would do the calculation and maybe you pull some of that money out of the IRA and just live on it. What's the difference? Why would you live on it? You can always pull well, it out so of the Roth. As much,
5: you're never gonna have that yeah, opportunity. So, so, again. I, I was thinking about the Roth versions. Well, I will make a little bit of money, And of course, you know we've got some, um, you know, some dividends and some other things that are going to hit the the uh, um, modified adjusted gross income um, uh, amount. But for the amount that's left over, um, I was thinking in terms of Roth conversions because we can always
6: take
2: that back out. That's right. And not. That's right. That's right. One hundred percent correct.
1: This is exactly what I do for twenty twenty two
2: and twenty three. Just and then every year you got to kind of fifty seven, yeah, until until you qualify for uh, Medicare.
5: Yeah, and, and and so now the the other thought is we're not going to quite make it. We're going to come up about two years short just based on some planning. Um, can you borrow from a SEP?
1: Oh, yeah, you got to return so it within 90 it. days and re- I mean, 60 days with yeah. retirement accounts. So only, okay. only,
2: gotcha. uh, only if you only only if you actually own a business, uh, but you sold mm-hmm. your business, you can borrow up to fifty thousand dollars in a. I would worry about that 401k, down the road, but I wouldn't spend any time thinking about that.
5: Well, no, I'm I'm thinking at the last couple of years and of course things can change between what now I mean. and then with right. subsidies and all that kind of stuff. And now, we still actually do own the C Corp. So that's the other way I can sort of throttle my my income. Um because any money I do make will will be in the corporation. How much money will you make? I mean, I'll probably make just just in, you know, consulting and some other things that I'm doing around 18 or 20, you know, but I don't you'll have to take it out of the corporation.
1: But how long can you? What I forget what the, the limitations are as far as retained earnings in a C corp. Yeah,
2: and that's small because you can't work for free. Right, right. So,
5: so I could take out. I could either feed more into that. Or, you, or, could it, or I, you could just I, dissolve
2: I, the. Or you could just dissolve the C corporation and be self-employed. Yeah, yeah. That throws a bit of a. Wrinkle. I would. Yeah. I would actually look at dissolving the corporation and being self-employed, uh, making that money. Um, and then deciding whether you should do the Roth conversion later. I don't see any benefit gotcha. of continuing to own the C-Corp.
1: And I, I would um, get some good tax advice on that because there's some rules on the retained earnings. And to Pat's point, you're doing consulting and not getting compensated for it. The worst thing that can happen is you 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 plan this for a few years, doing those Roth conversions, thinking this is great, we're getting our, most of our medical insurance for free, and then suddenly you get an audit and it throws it all into a...
2: Jeopardy. Yeah, gotcha. I, yeah, the C corp gotcha. doesn't work where you say, okay, I'm a consultant, I charge hundred dollars an hour, and then the corporation. Yeah, it doesn't just doesn't work like that. So you do need a little bit of tax planning from a qualified local tax professional. But your way of thinking mm-hmm. is is 100 right on. I I would I, I would suspect that the accountant's going to tell you to close the C corporation, make as much money as you can, qualify for the Medicare, or excuse me, qualify for the ACA. Uh, the mm-hmm. Affordable Care Act and and
1: if it's modi- but also if it's modified,
2: um, <clears throat> got some just, You can probably contribute
1: back into a either a SEP or a solo K. That's right. That's
5: right. I, I, actually, I think contributions to a SEP get added back in. Yeah. And that's what I makes don't know. It I'm modified not an expert. A, yeah. So most anyway, of our clients aren't yeah, so don't qualify that for the
1: ACA. Back. So we're just, just not experts on uh, on
5: that. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Modified AGA adds uh, back some stuff that that
2: you perfect. To be careful about You're everything. on the right track. Like it. Excellent. Well, I thank appreciate it. it. Right. I
1: appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Good luck to you. On, uh, I Actually, I had a good friend of mine um, was on uh, Obamacare for a year, and he's got lots of assets. It's not
2: Obamacare again. Every time we talk about this, <laughs> it's the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> you re- do realize it's in the print and
1: quite often is Obamacare. I know. <laughs> I know. Obama liked it being called Obamacare. <laughs> okay, wouldn't you like McLean Care? That sounds so <laughs> lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, but and he had taken a sabbatical. It wasn't really a planned sabbatical, but uh, the big company he worked for gave him a severance. He couldn't like, couldn't refuse. His wife, very similar to this, had some serious medical issues. Also, she was disabled as well. Serious medical issues, and so he, his biggest concern was um, was getting medical insurance. And he, he was able to like not have any, not report any income for full calendar year and qualified and qualified for, yeah and lots of assets yeah then he went back to work but anyway um let's continue on we're talking to joel in colorado joel you're with Allworth money matters
6: hi guys thanks for taking my call yeah i don't know if you've answered this in the past but are you a fan of taking social security at 62 67 or 70 yes yes, <laughs> yes. okay
1: Okay. Here, when as a did, gen, here's a, as a general rule, very general, broad and general. If you are going to be reliant upon your Social Security for your income and retirement,
2: wait as long as possible. Which means if you okay. need that income to live on, and you have a normal life expectancy, postpone as long as you possibly can.
6: Okay, it's just extra money, is all it is.
2: If, on the other hand, you've got Bill Gates' money, you take it as soon as right. you can get it. Because if okay. they're going to cut Social Security in the future, who will they take it from? Right. The ones that, means
6: test it. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, they're means, well I don't know. Yeah.
2: But they're means testing it already, Joel. Okay. And, and let they're me tax- tell you how okay. they means test it. They tax certain people different levels on their Social Security be- benefits based upon their income. Correct. Right? Okay. And that is a yep. form of means testing, is it not? No, that
6: is. That is. Yeah. So, so a second question then, if this is okay. Um, they talk about online that they take $1 for every two if you continue to work once you're above 18900 yeah. something yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, I called our local security office, and then they told me that you never get that money back. But when I look online, they talk about there is you, ways. Yeah, you you
1: so, kind of get it back. You get it back in the fact that as you are contributing more, let's assume that... Right? Let's assume you signed up at sixty-two, and here we, I've seen this <laughs> many times over the years. People retire early, yeah. like I'm never going back to work. They sign up for Social Security, and then what do you know? A year later, they're back working full time. So let's assume that you're working to the point where you're paying it all back. And they would, it would, right. essentially they'd stop giving you the check. It would be almost like you didn't you hadn't uh, signed up for it yet. It, it would increase okay. your, your benefit would increase each month by what how much you've either can paid back or in uh, Lack of the receipt of the of the social security but, income.
2: But but for a for a general rule, and we're talking generalities here. Yep. Is it you shouldn't receive take social security benefits uh if you're under the normal retirement age, if you're anywhere close to hitting that limit. Okay. So tell us your situation.
6: Well, okay. So at sixty two I would get nineteen hundred. At sixty seven I would get twenty six hundred. And when I do the math, I'm supposed to live till I'm 82. So if I take the number times the amount of months, and then instead of withdrawing it for 15 years, I actually pretend like it was 20 years. But the first zeros were zero check. It only makes a difference of $50 a Uh, month going uh, 62 versus
2: 67. uh, I understand, but that ignores what's called a net present value calculation. Uh, right cost the money and inflation and inflation so what is your net worth outside of social security Wait, how much money do you have um, saved in the bank
6: with everything probably two million
2: okay and do you expect uh any sort of a pension in retirement none okay and how old are you today 61 and you have you are you fully retired
6: no i'm working part-time
2: when do you expect that you'll fully retire
6: Probably at 65. I wouldn't –
2: so you're not – are you – how much are you earning at your job today?
6: Uh, Roughly 42. Okay, you're
2: not going to revisit this until you're 65 plus. And don't retire just to get Social Security. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Just don't continue to save, live your life. My guess is that we're going to go out five years, which is your normal retirement age if you're 61. It'll be a little bit 66 plus a couple months. That the right. rules will be different then.
6: Oh, uh, okay.
2: So okay. we can worry about it, as my grandfather used to call it. You can borrow trouble if you want, right. but I wouldn't worry okay. about that. All righty?
6: I appreciate your time. Thank I you guys right, it, very Joe. much. Yeah. Thank you, take Joel. Care.
1: Yeah, and those those um, earnings limits can um, come back and bite you if you're not careful.
2: Oh, uh, The majority of Americans still take Social Security as soon as they can. Yeah, 50% of – Of I just read an article this week. 51% of the uh, average Ameri- – 51% of Americans have taken money out of their 401K or IRA at some point in time. 20% what's that, that – have to what, – what? Well, we were talking about the majority. That 51% is a majority. <laughs> majority. Things that people do that probably <laughs> shouldn't The majority
1: do. of Americans are women. <laughs>
2: okay. We're, we're just talking about majorities. We can go no, all
1: day. All day. <laughs> the majority American drink water. This is pretty interesting, though. Fifty-one percent. This is what you're you're referring Thank to. Thank you, Scott. By the way, we have, and we'll take your call here in a minute, Linda. We we have quite a quite a number of topics we can discuss throughout the program, and and sometimes we talk about it, sometimes well, but fifty-one uh, percent of people with retirement accounts had taken an early withdrawal. This is what the most twenty percent did
2: so during the uh, COVID, pand- COVID, COVID pandemic. And if we saw nothing Lockdown. during the COVID pandemic, which is the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. And the people that were taking the money, that 20% that were taking the money out of the 401ks and IRAs, they did not work in office jobs, tech jobs, jobs that were they were able to work remotely. They worked in construction and in transportation and in yeah. areas that, that just were... Restaurant work, cook, devastated service. by um, this the COVID crisis.
1: Gen Z tapped into their savings at the highest rate. Uh, only eighteen percent took an early withdrawal pre-pandemic. Forty percent said they did so during or after March 2020,
2: which it goes right to what I was talking about. Those are the people that would are more likely to have earlier in their careers, or more likely to have those types of. Jobs. I would imagine
1: most of our listeners, you're not the ones taking early withdrawals, but you've got family members, kids, and whatnot. Like, a, you take, you take a thousand bucks out of your retirement account. Maybe that's five or ten thousand. what I, it would be at retirement? But Scott, if you were Gen Z,
2: what age is Gen Z? and I think it's under 25. I don't know. They're young. Yeah, under 25, under 30 something. If like I that. would. I didn't take any money out of my retirement account. You would have you would have I would have Listen, I I was a waiter in college. I and I said to my wife, "Look, if I was married in college, I was a waiter. I said, "You know, if uh, this COVID thing had happened p- call college, I could see myself actually dropping out of school for a period of time and doing construction work in order to keep myself alive. Oh, yeah, or maybe even not go back to college. Well, you would hope to go back to college, but maybe not, right? Depending upon what the financial situation looked like. And what the college experience looked like. Yeah, I wasn't that great at the college experience. <laughs> I'm just saying
1: doing everything remotely. Oh, that's right. That's Actually, that right.
2: would have been better for me. <laughs> Maybe it would have been. I did it remotely half the time, You were like he... the fraternity kind of guy? Oh,
1: no. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let's continue. Uh, we're in Northern California talking with Linda. Linda, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth Financial.
4: Hi, thank you very much for uh, having me on. Yeah, our um, pleasure. I have actually a, a couple different directions here. My husband and I are both 56. Um, we own four rental properties. Um, they're paid off. Good for you. But we owe 300, 300000 on our primary home. Um, we have rollover IRAs. We both have annuities. Um, I get a little PERS pension. It's not very big, but I decided to go ahead and take it because I get it for Lifetime. And we haven't figured out if we should sell a rental to pay off our primary home. Should we use the cash we have in our bank account uh, to pay it?
2: Are you both retired?
4: No, he's going to go probably about four more years, maybe to 60.
2: What's the cost of money on the, uh, on the? what's the loan amount? It's You said 300. What's the interest rate?
4: Um, two and a half.
1: And what, you said you you're considering cash. Do you have cash in the bank somewhere?
4: Um, I, we have sitting in savings account a little over two hundred thousand.
1: Where did that come from?
4: Um, Just saving.
1: Okay, so it's not like you <laughs> inherited it or something like that, or it came from sale of a property. No, just money I that. I am
4: going. To... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I am going to be receiving. Um, Sometime next year, probably about a settlement of seventy-five thousand. Um, I'm not sure what to do with that either.
1: <laughs> if let's if let's just throw a little, if 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 we took let's say a hundred and fifty thousand from the savings or a hundred and seventy-five thousand from the savings and applied it mm-hmm. against your loan. So let's say your loan's now one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Could you guys get that paid off over the next four years with your husband's wages?
3: Probably. Or yeah. get it
1: close to, throw in the severance a year from now. Now mm-hmm. we're only at
2: 50000 to pay off over the next four years. That's right. I agree with Scott, 100%. So I'd take at least $150,000 of the money in the bank, put mm-hmm. it against the mortgage. Then Whatever they, you feel comfortable you, for what kind of emergency reserves you need, cash yep, reserves. At least $150,000. Then when that settlement came in, assuming Probably that, not more than $150,000. The four rentals, you need yeah, some cash. Yeah, you need some case. cash. Well, one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. paid off when the settlement comes in. Consider adding that. Keep the monthly payments the same and pay it off in the next. You'll pay off somewhere in the next four to five years at that rate. And then when you go to retire, you'll retire debt free. You'll have income from. Hopefully, you'll have income from from four rental properties and, you, you, and other. You can assets. use a calculator to say if we paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a
1: mortgage now and seventy five thousand next year. What would our payment need to be so that in four years
2: from now the the mm-hmm. loan to zero? There's no reason to keep the money in the bank. Yeah, it's it's not
4: making anything. Yeah, it's not making anything. And, yeah, sure. not making
2: anything. <laughs> in fact, think about this. You could theoretically, you could be borrowing the money at two percent, two and a half percent interest from the same bank you just lent money to.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That. Right. Okay. That makes Right. They have pictures of you in the in the back office <laughs> where they all salute you as they go by. Like, <laughs> well, oh, thank you, hey, thank you, Linda. Linda. There's Linda. The Christmas parties on Linda. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> right. <Throwing them> at- <laughs> because Linda decided she to don't lend- deposit anymore, yeah, anymore. Yeah, Linda decided to lend it almost zero and borrow it two and a half. And that's called the spread, and it's what banks live on. Well,
4: I'm we're tired of being landlords too so okay
2: it's well that's a completely different issue yeah we're,
4: try- we're we're trying to figure out you know not to pay uncle sam everything that you know we well, gained the, trying to get rid of one but the only you way could. you're
2: going to get around that is doing a 1031 you could exchange
1: yeah. like well, one exchange two of them into one prime, one rent, rental with your intention yeah. of having a rental and then after a year or two move into that yeah, converted to your well, primary residence. I had, I remember I had a client years ago. They they had I think four different rentals. Every they moved like every two, whatever it was to like the month. They kept moving to, they had plenty of money too. I know they did. <laughs> they had they to spent nothing. <laughs> They because uh, they. And uh, I mean they saved a t- they they essentially paid no capital gain tax. So they you have can, this discussion. They're so like, is it worth wi- really moving neighborhoods every time?
2: Without the intent, you can actually take these and. Um, there's some rules around doing a 1031. There's intent around doing 1031. going
1: to be intent, but
2: um, it is hard to prove intent. But she did call a radio show where lots of people can hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, this is gonna be gonna play play the radio tape in court,
1: in tax court.
2: But we're the ones that brought up intent, not her. So. There are a couple techniques that you can do that, but by and large, if you're going to dispose of a rental property, you're going to have to recognize um, the capital gains on it, as well as other forms of income uh, based on depreciation. You can sit down with a qualified exchange expert or a qualified financial advisor or tax accountant and ask, what are the different techniques to do this? that's a completely different subject of whether you should take the $150,000 and put it against the mortgage today. Because you should do that regardless of whether you want to be a landlord or not. So appreciate the call. Yeah.
1: Another thing to think about is having a um, a um, property management company. I mean, you still got to deal with some things you got to deal. They leave. I mean, you got to talk to the property manager every once in a while and you not typically the same, have to pay though. the capital. A lot easier. Oh, it's a lot easier. they no not bugging you in the middle of the night. I, I've and I've owned I've owned uh, properties with actually I've never not had a property manager only because I know my nature too well. Yes, and I would get so sick of it so rapidly. <laughs> anyway, hey, we're getting uh, near the end of the program, and just want to kind of remind people we talked about some things on the show that you've got to get done between now and the end of the year, which is coming up quickly. Um, so. I'd put some consideration and the kind of planning and advice you you hear every week from us, I think it's quite indicative of the kind of planning and advice that our advisors uh, provide. And we've got roughly 80 or so financial advisors, a great team of of financial advisors who'd be more than happy to have a a Zoom meeting or an in-person meeting to talk about your situation. So feel free to reach out to us at allworthfinancial.com if you'd like. It's been great being here with you, and we'll see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters.